Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. How y'all doing tonight? Good? Amen. How many know God is an amazing God? Amen. God, any, God brought anybody else out of anything? Amen. So I've been had a a word in my spirit for a little while. And I guess I've been had it for a while since uh, we did a biggest loser contest where you lose weight and uh, you have a competition and things like that. And so you go and you're doing all these things for, I think it was 12 weeks or something like that. And it was for a long time and and I really wanted to win. And so I was doing everything I could to win. I was getting up, I was trying to eat the right things, I was trying to, I was going running, I was doing all kind of things. And, and then when we went in, at the end of it all, we went in and we, uh, we had to weigh ourselves and get measured and everything like that. And, and then when we got the results, I didn't win. And everything inside of me said, you know what? Forget that. Let me go back to how I used to live, how I used to eat, because that was so much nicer. You just see a piece of cake and just eat it. Didn't have to worry about it. But when you was, when we was doing this training, we'd go out to Sunday fun day and they'd have all kind of snacks. And you just sitting there like this. It's like, nah, I can't, I can't eat it right now. But it's a word that came along during those 12 weeks that to me still today is a cuss word. So if you want to cuss me out, just say discipline. Discipline you. <laughs> Amen. But that's, the, that's a word that we have to have as believers in order to make it to Jesus Christ. This word discipline is a word that if you don't have it as a believer, listen, you're not going to make it. Sometimes we, we want to rub your back and, 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 and cradle you and, and just tell you everything's going to be all right. But listen, if you don't have discipline, you're not going to make it. Because the devil is not playing games, especially in these last days. And when I begin to think about this cuss word of discipline... I began to think about what all comes with discipline, and I was looking up the definition of, of discipline, and I came across one that began to talk about it, said um, that it's what soldiers use. Soldiers have to be disciplined. 
What would it look like to have a whole army full of undisciplined soldiers? That would be a lot of chaos, right? A lot of problems. And the one thing that soldiers have to have is they got to be able to listen. And they have to be able to take what they heard and follow those directions. And for each and every one of us, I know we had a whole period of time, I think like eight weeks or so, where we talked about discipleship and disciples. And and these things come along with being disciplined. It's almost the same word. And so when you think about being disciplined, you have to ask yourself, what am I hearing? What am I following? What am I, listen to this word, what am I doing? There's a lot of Christians who hear, but they don't do. In discipline, you have to hear and do. They're not separate things. You have to hear and do. And so when you begin to think about that, let's look at John chapter 8. Verse 31 and 32. It says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, to those who believed him, amen? It says, If you abide in my word, does that mean any words you want to hear? No. He said, In my word. He says, You are my disciples indeed. How many want to be Jesus' disciples? Amen. Then that means you have to hear his word and not just hear it, but you have to what? Abide. You have to abide in his word. That means you have to be doing something. So if you're in here today and you call yourself a believer, a disciple, and you're not doing nothing, you're not his disciples. Amen. And at the end of this message, we're going to give you an opportunity to be his disciples. Amen. And then tomorrow, when you're not in church, you're going to get that opportunity to continue to be his disciples. Amen. When no one else is around, that's where discipline comes in. At. Amen. I think about a story of. I sent my son a, a, a video of, of Kobe Bryant. And how even as a at a year early age, he was getting up and he was practicing when nobody else was practicing. He was getting up at four and five in the morning when nobody else was practicing. That's called discipline. Because you know what you want and you go get it, amen? But a lot of times we say, hey, I can can dribble, I can shoot, I'm good. I'm gonna show up to the game and we're gonna see what happens. And how many know that's what we do a lot of times as believers? We just come to church and just come to church and then hopefully when we stand before God, he said, man, you came to church so many times, right. you're in. <laughs> right? That's what our hope is. But how many know that's not going to be the case? That's, right. that's not going to be the case. In verse 32, he says, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you what? Free. It's okay to say it. Amen? It's okay to talk in here, okay? It's okay to to talk back to me when I'm talking, amen? It's okay. I promise nothing's going to happen. 
If it do, guess what? You get to go be with Jesus. Right? That's what I tell my kids all the time. Hey, if we die, guess what? We get to go be with Jesus. That's where we want to be. In this, in this year, I've had a couple of people, of people die that was close to me. And, and when, you're, when people that die that's close to you, like when somebody died that you don't really know, then it's like, okay, that was tough, but okay. But when somebody that you used to run around with, play with, do all kind of things with, when they pass away, then it's like, man, okay, that could have been me. I could have been next. But part of having a, a disciplined life as, as a believer is knowing the end results. Amen? Anybody know your end results? No, not are you hoping, but do you know your end results? See, too many Christians out here today are hoping that they know where they go when they die. And that's a dangerous game to play. Amen? We got to know. And the Bible says that we can know. Amen? The definition of self-discipline is a call to soundness of mind and this other cuss word, self-control. Did y'all hear what I said? Self-control. What does self-control mean? that you can control yourself, right? And that's so simple, right? But it's hard at the same time, right? But we gotta get to the place to where when that discipline continues to happen over and over and over again, then it becomes second nature and you just begin to do it. Like waking up in the morning reading your Bible. That takes discipline. But if you never do it, it's going to be hard, right? That's right? But you do it that first day and you say, you know what? I'm going to do it again the next day. And then you do it again the next day. And then you do it again the next day. And before you know it, you're just up. And you're doing it again. Why? Because you're, you're telling your body, you're telling your flesh, you know what? I'm doing this for Jesus. I'm doing this for my end result because I want to spend eternity with him and I want to make my father proud, amen? And when we begin to do that, then he'll begin to speak to us those things that he want us to do. But listen, if we never spend time with him, how are we going to know what he want us to do? I was thinking today as I was going over this message and I got asked, what's the title of this message? And I was so tired, I was thinking of a whole different message. And I started typing, and I was like, huh. Okay, God, let me, let me, let me go home and see what you really want me to say. Because I had a whole nother message in mind, when I, and then when I started typing, I said, okay, God, this is what you want me to preach? Let's go preach it. Amen? Amen? Because I know that God is doing something in this place. Yes. But listen, we can't have a bunch of Christians that just want to come to church. And that's it. We got to discipline ourselves to be able to go out into the world and preach the gospel. But if you never do it, then it's hard. And so you got to go out and say, you know what? I'm going to go witness to somebody. And when you begin to go out and witness, then the next time you go out, you say, you know what? I'm going to witness again. 
and I'm going to witness again, and I'm going to witness again. And before you know it, you're just witnessing and not even knowing it. Because you're just telling somebody about what Jesus did for you. But it's hard if you never do it. Or it's hard, listen, it's hard if you only do it when other people do it. See, this is where discipline comes in at. You got to do it when nobody else is doing it. You got to get up and say, you know what? I see everybody else sleeping. I got to get up and do it. And did you know that you can go back to sleep? Did anybody know that? That was an amazing revelation for me. Because I realized, God, I can go back to sleep after I pray to you? Wow, okay. I was asking one of the team, or one of the teams was asking me, how, how do I function with little sleep? I say, I pray before I go to sleep. I say, your eight hours of not praying and going to sleep versus my three hours of prayed sleep, I'm winning every time. Amen? And I said, just imagine what you can do with eight hours of prayed sleep. You could do amazing things. Whether they took that challenge or not, that's on them. Amen? But I hope that they, that they have. But listen, we got to get to the place to where we trust God. Amen? Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, a.k.a. self-control. Amen? We can have self-control over the things that, that keep us from Christ. Because the devil don't, don't want us to pray. He don't want us to read our Bibles. He don't want us to praise God. How many know you got to, when, when you begin to lift your hands up, it's something that's not natural. To lift your hands up and praise God. Amen? But to catch a football, you got to reach up. To shoot a basketball, you got to reach up. To do any of those things, you got to reach up. And we'll do those all day long. But when it comes time to praising God, we say, let's do this. Let's be T-Rexes. Anybody see the T-Rex praises? It's okay. There are steps to this. Amen. There are steps to this. But eventually we got to get to the place where our hands are like this. Because when your hands are like this, you're saying, you know what? I don't care about what, what anybody else is saying about me. Amen. Teenagers. Amen. But we got to get to that place. Let's look at Galatians chapter 5 verse 22. It says, but the fruit of the spirit. Did anybody catch that part? Did it say fruits? No, the fruit of the spirit. One. All these things are one. Amen? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and that's it. Amen? Those other two, we don't, we don't do those. Those two are unimportant. Amen? We're we going to skip right over those. But no, long-suffering. 
How many know long-suffering is a part of being a part of Christ? Did anybody know that our Lord and Savior, he suffered for us? So who are we not to suffer sometimes, amen? And I'm not talking about the ones that we do to ourselves, amen? We're not talking about those. We're talking about the, the devil coming against us because he know what's about to happen. He know that our family members are about to come to Christ because we wake up every morning and we say, Jesus, who can I witness to today? Amen. We go out and, and we put on a praise and worship song the first thing we do in the morning and we begin to praise the Lord. Amen. How many know that's how we defeat the enemy? And when we begin to do that, God can begin to do something in us. Amen. And again, self-control. Against such, there is no law. Amen? You got verse 24? And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Those who are Christ have what? They crucified the flesh. Amen? That means they're not playing around with the flesh. They're not saying, you know what, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do this one thing and then I'll ask for forgiveness. They're not playing with the things of the flesh. Amen? They're saying, you know what, I know what I got to do. And so I'm going to crucify the flesh. That means you're putting it to death. You're not playing around. You're not playing games with the things of this world. Yes. Amen? And when you begin to live that life, that's when you can lift your hands. Amen? That's when you can lift your hands. 2 Timothy chapter 3, starting in verse 1. It says, but know this, that in the last days, peerless times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money, bolsters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. For having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Watch this part. And from such people, turn away. When you're turning away, what are you saying? I'm crucifying that. I don't want anything to do with that. Listen, if you want to hang out with me, you know where I'm at. But what you won't do is bring that mess around me. Amen. And so you're controlling the situation. Are you telling them, hey, I'll never hang out with you again? No, you're controlling the situation. Amen. You're saying, if you want to be around me, this is what I do. Yep. Now, do you want to be around me? Chances are it's going to be a no. Until they get in a bind or a situation and guess what? If you're doing what you're supposed to do and not giving in to the flesh and the temptation, they're going to come back to you. Because the devil will push them right into your arms because he's not that smart. 
But the question, but you have to be ready. You have to be disciplined enough to say, you know what, I've been in my word all week. And I've been praying for you, and I knew you was coming. And God gave me a word just a couple of days ago for you. And here it is right here, because I've been in my word. I don't have to go look it up, because I've been in my word, and I know it. It's on my heart. Amen? And I know that God is doing something. Amen? But if our friends and family members don't have you to come to, what are they going to go to? So we got to be disciplined enough to say, you know what? I'm going to lose a little sleep for you, Jesus. I'm going to lose a little bit of fun time for you, Jesus. But we got to get to that place to where we say, you know what, Jesus, I want you more than anything else. And when we begin to have that attitude, those who are around us will see it. And when they begin to be hurting or they begin to go through things, guess who they're going to call? They're going to call you. Because they know that you know who? Jesus. Amen? But if you're acting the same way they're acting, and then you come to church, why in the world would they spend their time coming to do what you do when they can sleep in on Sundays and Wednesdays? They can do everything you're doing, but they can sleep in on those days. We got to be different. And being disciplined is being different. You think about Steph Curry, who have messed the game up of basketball. Not because he did it intentionally, but because he disciplined himself to do certain things. And the people that watch him haven't seen the discipline. Because a lot of times discipline goes unseen. When you're working out at 4 and 5 in the morning, when you're doing workouts when you're reading your Bible by yourself, when you're praying by yourself. No one else has seen those things. But listen, when game time comes, you're going to be different. You're going to be different. And they're going to say, what has he got? He's playing on the same team I'm playing on. I've been working. I've been doing something. You've been sleeping. We got to get to the place to where we're doing something for God, not just for the looks. Because it's easy to say, hey, watch this. I'm giving this poor guy some money. Y'all see this? That's easy. But what's hard is saying, you know what, God, I, I, I'm going to set my appointment for 6 a.m. And I'm going to wake up every day at 6 a.m. And how many know you can take a day and say, you know what, God, I'm going to sleep in? But the first thing I'm going to do when I wake up is praise you. See, we put a lot of unnecessary pressure on ourselves because we don't know who God is. See, when we know who God is, we know what he expects of us and we go and do it. But if you don't know who God is, then you're just going over all the things that you heard about him. Like, okay, well, God said I can't do this and God said I can't do that and this is because of what you heard, not because of what you read in his word. Amen. We got to get to the place to where we read what's in God's word and we follow what's in God's word. Amen. What would it be like to have a, a soldier say, my drill sergeant told me to do this, 
but the other guy next to you tell you to do something else and you go do what he tell you to do instead of what the drill sergeant told you to do. Would that look good? Probably wouldn't go over too well, right? So the first thing we have to have is self-discipline and good habits. What are some good habits that we can have? Going to church. How many know that's a good habit to have? Yes. Daily prayer time. That means you're saying, you know what? I'm going to set some time apart beforehand. Something that I have to look forward to. How many know it's an amazing thing to look forward to praying to God? Yes. And not just always out of, oh, okay, well, I'm hurting, let's pray. Or, man, I did something good happened to me, let's pray. But to be able to say, man, I can't wait till 6 o'clock in the morning. I know, right? That sounds crazy, right? I can't wait till 6 o'clock in the morning, till 4 o'clock in the morning, or whenever it is, because I'm going to go pray to my king. I'm going to go pray to my God, and I know that he's going to touch somebody today because of me. Amen? That's an exciting time, but we got to do it. How many know getting to the gym is not fun? Even when you're in the gym, it ain't fun. But when you go home and, like me, the first day, I want to look in the mirror and see if I've seen something. And I got a magic mirror, so I think I, I do be seeing stuff. And so it caused me to want to go again and again, amen? But we got to get to the place to where we trust God and we say, you know what, God, I, listen. Whether I never see another ab or not, I'll still trust you. <laughs> Amen? Amen? I'll still get up every, every day and praise you. Amen? I'll get up and go to the gym. That's right. But how many know he's not going to leave us the same way if we're putting in the work? Amen. And other people's lives are at stake. Did y'all know that? I wonder what my life would be like if that lady never invited me to church. The second point, we got to have self-discipline and we got to resist evil. How many know the devil is looking for whom he can devour, amen? James chapter 1, verse 26. It says, if anyone among you think he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart this one's religion is useless this one's religion is useless we don't want to be that useless Christian Some of y'all heard that word religion and was like, oh yeah, it's not a religion, it's a relationship. And just cut the whole message off. That's not what it's talking about. But that's what you've heard this whole time. But listen, we got to get to the point. It is about a relationship with Christ. But listen, religion connects to the world. That's how the world connects to us. Amen? They say that's a religion. And once we get to the place to where we say, you know what, I, I need to show them 
who I am in Christ. Standing out, standing apart. How many know we got to stand apart? We got to stand apart. And the way we do that is by saying, you know what, God, I'm going to trust you. And how many know you can't just say anything and everything that you want to say when you have given your life to Christ? Okay, I guess that's where we need to be. I was talking to, I think it was my brother and somebody else. But when you give your life to Christ, you set, you set yourselves on, on a new level. You're called to a higher purpose. And so those things on Facebook that you used to like, you can't like anymore. Those memes that are funny, that are really funny, you can't like those anymore. You look at them, you laugh, and you keep it moving. Because people are watching. And people are going to take what you do and they're going to take it to a whole new level. And we're not called to be stumbling blocks. Amen? And some may say, well, maybe you're being a hypocrite by doing that. No, you're setting yourself apart. You're saying, you know what? I'm not going to engage in those things. And I'm not going to allow someone else to, to engage in those things because I want them to know Christ. And so when, you want to, when you're thinking about somebody else instead of yourself, there's a lot of things that you say, well, maybe I shouldn't do that. But see, when you're thinking about yourself, then you're like, oh, that's funny. Click. Oh, that's nice. Click. Share. Click. Share. Like. All those different things. But when you get to the place to where you're thinking about someone else's salvation, then you put those other people before you, which is one of those commandments that Jesus talked about, right? Loving your neighbor. He says, put me first and then love your neighbor as you love yourself. Anybody love yourselves tonight? Amen. But we got to get to the place to where we're thinking about them as well. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 10. How many know the things that we say can give life or death? Amen? But the things that we think can also be life or death. Amen? It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Watch this. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Again, going back to the soldier. How many know a soldier has to be obedient? Yes. Amen? Obeying what, what that person tells them to do. We have to be obedient in Christ. Because when we're obedient in Christ and we're doing what God has called us to do, 
our mind will be set on him like he told us to do. Amen. He said, set your mind on, on these things. But if we don't do those things, then now our mind is idle. And how many know an idle mind is a dangerous place to be? When you're just sitting around thinking about all the things that you've been through, all the things that you've gone through, all the people that have hurt you, all the people that have done things to you. Guess what it'll cause you to do? Walk away from the church. Walk away from the things of God. Walk away from the things that draw you closer to God. Because you're thinking that other people don't like you. When they don't have a clue as to what's going on in your life. But you're thinking that they hate you. You're thinking that they don't like you because of all these thoughts. But instead, we should replace those things with what? God's word. But you wouldn't know that if you never got in his word. You have to get in his word daily. And when you begin to do that, you'll begin to think about those verses that you read. And God is so amazing. I don't know about your life, but in my life, when I begin to read something, shortly thereafter, somebody will be going through something that, I've, that God has just equipped me for. Because I've been praying, God, I, I pray that this can touch someone. But if you never said that prayer, how are you going to know? That's where the discipline comes in at. The discipline of saying, you know what, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to put my faith in you. Amen? Proverbs chapter 16, verse 32. This is important. Especially for us angry people. Do we have any angry people in here? I wasn't looking at you, I promise. <laughs> the discipline of our own temper and reactions is important. Amen? How many know you can't stop people from doing things? But you can control how you react to that situation. Amen? How you respond to that situation. Amen? A lot of us react, which is a quick action. Somebody slap you, slap them back. Right? Somebody say something to you, say something right back. That's a reaction. But a response is, ah, okay. So you said that to me, let me walk away for a minute, and then I'll be back. And if I still feel a certain type of way, no, I'm just kidding. But a response is slow in saying, and you thinking about it. Amen? And it says in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 32, it says, He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. How many want to be better than the mighty? Amen? Yes. When you're better than the mighty, you say, man, I, listen, I, okay. And you just walk away. And he who rules his spirit, then he who is, uh, let's read it again. For he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit, than he who takes a city. I played basketball. I, we used to go to a gym that we don't go to anymore, but there used to be a lot of angry people in that gym. 
And there was a time where I told the guy, I said, man, Jesus saved your life. And he looked at me crazy like, what? And he still kept talking, and the other guy had to come tell him, hey, yeah, that's real. <laughs> and this guy don't believe at all, but he was like, yeah, that's real. He totally different. He was like, just let him make it. Just, just quit talking to him. But if I didn't know Jesus at that time, he would have got everything that he wanted, amen? But when you get to that place to where you say, you know what? I got to do something different. Yes. And the reason I told him that is because I wanted him, one, I wanted him to be saved. But two, I wanted him to know that just because I'm a Christian, I'm not going to let you talk to me any kind of way. And just because you're a Christian don't mean you have to be weak and have to be ran over. You can stand up for yourself. Amen? Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 9. Do not hasten in your spirit to be angry, for anger rests in the bosoms of fools. Did you know that? If you let your anger get the best of you, the Bible says you're a fool. I didn't say it. The Bible said it. Amen? So we got to get to the place to where we don't let our anger control us. That's right. Amen? Because how many know the devil know which buttons to push? How many know the people closest to us know which buttons to push? Oh, okay, I didn't get a lot of amens. I see what's going on. Amen. But listen. We got to get to that place to where we saying, you know what? I see what this is. Yes. Right. It's not you, baby. <laughs> it's not you, babe. So I'm going to go pray. <laughs> I love you. You kill him with some of those things and, and anger has to leave. Amen. Resist the devil and he will flee. Amen. Yes. But we got to be able to respond to certain things. <clears throat> we got to be disciplined over our own flesh. Another definition of without self-control is to be powerless. Amen? As we begin to close tonight. <clears throat> How many want to be powerful? full of power if you want to be full of power you have to have self-control you have to be disciplined because without self-control you have no power and if you have no power then you can't do the things that God has called you to do you can't say I want everybody to come down and I want to pray for you guys you can't go to your workplace and when somebody has a headache instead of giving them Tylenol Pray for them. But listen, if you have no power, you're not going to do those things. Right. right? But when you're walking in, in the spirit, when you're walking in self-control, when you're walking in discipline, when you're walking in power, and somebody says, I got a headache, you say, can I pray for you? Yes. And how many know they're going to say, yeah. 
you begin to pray for them. And then they begin to look at you. Like, why don't I have a headache anymore? Because, and that's when you can begin to share the gospel. Because Jesus died on the cross for you. He had lashes on his back so that you can be healed. And you can speak life into that person. And that person may never come to your church. But you can still witness to them. You can still pray for them. You can still ask them if they want to know that Jesus that just took that headache away. And you can pray the sinner's prayer with them right there. You don't have to invite them to church. Inviting them to church is the first stepping stone. But eventually you got to get to where he's saying, I want to win souls whether they come to church or not. But you can't do that if you have no power. And so we got to get to that place of God, you know what? I want to live for you. I want to be able to resist the devil. I want to be able to, to, to stand before someone who is going through something and be able to speak life into them. But you can't do that if you never spend any time with Jesus. So we got to learn how to wake up and say, you know what, I'm going to give this day to you, Lord. Before I do anything else, I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to pray begin to do that you'll begin to see how God is moving in your life and not just your life but in those people around you's lives and when you begin to read your word you begin to do those things you'll begin to have compassion for your brothers and sisters around you instead of seeing flaws in them you'll begin to say you know what how can I help what can I do you to make it just like I'm making it but if you don't read the God who has all compassion and read his word how are you going to have compassion amen Lord Jesus thank you so much Lord for just everything that you do Lord you've been so gracious to us so merciful to us Lord even though we haven't given you everything you still continue to wake us up every morning you still allow us to be able to walk on this earth but Lord it's time for us to be obedient to be disciplined to be what you've called us to be Lord we want to win souls in this place Lord we don't want to just come to church and have a social club Lord we want to be able to use this church, Lord, to bring people in 
who are bound by drugs and addictions and all different kind of things, Lord, and bring them here, Lord, where your spirit can touch them, where we can learn how to be able to pray to you, learn how to read your word, Lord, learn what you have called us to do. place I want to ask how many how many can say I've never called on the name of Jesus but tonight I want to call on the name of Jesus if that's you just lift your hand up and put it right back down all over this place how many I see your hand I see your hand. I see your hands. Amen. I see your hands. Maybe you're in this place tonight and maybe you've come to church every service. But something inside of you is saying, you know what? I need Jesus. I need to be disciplined. I need to begin to do what God has called me to do. If that's you, I just want you to lift your hand up all over this place and put it right back down. Amen. I see your hand. Maybe you've called on the name of Jesus before. Maybe you've lived for him walked with him but somewhere along the way you stop resisting the devil and you begin to just small steps after small steps walk away from the things of God and tonight you want to rededicate your life back to the Lord giving him everything if that's you I just want you to lift your hand up all over this place many all over this place just lift your hand up and put it right back down amen I see your hand let us stand to our feet Those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. How many want peace tonight? There is nothing like walking in God's peace, amen? It starts with being spiritually minded. No longer worried about what you want to do, but what God wants you to do. Amen. I want to just ask real quick all over this place. If you lifted your hand up and you meant it, I want you to come down to the front. We want to pray for you. There were some hands that went up. Amen. Amen. 
that went up but listen I can't I can't make you want to come to Christ I can't make you want to step out and say Jesus I want all of you because that's something that you have to do on your own amen that's something that you have to say Jesus I, I don't care about what anybody thinks about because I know that you are the one true God and that you have a plan for me Again, the Bible says that if you deny me before man, I will deny you before my father. And there is nothing wrong with saying these things at your seat. But listen, when everybody's head was bowed and all the eyes were closed, you lifted your hand. Which means you needed him. So don't be afraid to need him tonight, amen? Just come to him. Just come to him. I'll give five seconds, amen? To all those who raise their hands, just come forward, amen? Just come forward. God sees your heart. God is going to use you. Amen. You keep raising your hand every time, amen? doing it. Let us all say a prayer. Lord Jesus, we love you so much. And we thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you, Jesus, for shedding your blood for me. Jesus, I believe in my heart that you died on the cross, that you was buried in a tomb, and you rose again after three days. Jesus, I confess with my mouth that you are my Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. I love you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.